0: I speak tonight for the dignity of man and the destiny of democracy. May the
1: turbulence of our age yield to the true time of peace, when men and nations shall share a life that honors the dignity of each,
0: the brotherhood of all. I see a world of open borders, open trade, and most importantly, open open mind hello and welcome back to to the republic a show dedicated to civics history and u.s institutions i'm jeff and i'm jake how's it going
2: oh it's going pretty good yeah school's been school's been uh rough yeah i'm sure it's been rough for you as as i walked in this morning to record you were working on homework busy busy yeah just
0: constant busy busy um but i love this i love doing this so Dedicated to this as well.
2: It, it's nice knowing that we were part of something kind of bigger, right? Oh yeah, and,
0: uh, yeah. That's what I think about. Is the reason I do enjoy this is because these episodes are informative, and 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 I constantly am learning things when we have to do the research for these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on a on our podcast, it's a, a it's a week to week show where we get to just talk about current events and and other things that we enjoy. But then when we come to do this show, it's more. Locking it down and really trying to provide something—a tool—not only for others, but for us to refer back to and to use um, in in and all facets in academics and and when we do our when we do our podcast
2: for sure. I, and I like that you you mentioned that it's kind of a tool and because um, that's how I kind of see this. Like Absolutely, we want to we want to not only equip ourselves, but equip you know the, our listeners. Yeah, um, with with knowledge and information that they can use to make informed political decisions. Absolutely. So if Absolutely. we can, if there's any way we can help in that, it, it, it means it on, it means a ton to me and I don't mean a ton to you as yeah. well. So,
0: you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that spark our topics um, for, for, for our podcast, say what you mean. And for this show to the Republic, um, whether it's, it's someone writing in or, or someone from the radio station suggesting something, but this today's topic is, Kind of comes from just us observing uh, people yeah. and, and and interactions online and and, and conversations we've seen had um, sometimes contentious, sometimes you know they go well, but a lot of times we see kind of a debate on whether the United States is a democracy or a republic, and we want to address that. We want to kind of look into and break those things down so that. People are well informed and Mm -hmm. have those tools. Not not to to win an argument. (laughs) For sure. For sure. But so that they know, you know, maybe it's more nuanced than that.
2: Oh, it's and and as we get into this, you'll find that it's way more nuanced. Right. Um and I you know, with this is was this will be releasing um next week. So it it's there's it's a pretty turbulent time right now in twenty nineteen. Right. The beginning of October is when this is this is being released yeah, the beginning of October. So it, it's a pretty turbulent time, uh, in our, in the American political system and really kind of the world <laughs> right now. Right. And, and we try our best to, um, let the, the most current events kind of breathe, mm-hmm. um, before we, before we try to like tackle them. And, right. um, so we're, if you wonder why we're not maybe talking about something that's particularly hot topic, we're talking more about procedure and process. there's, there's, there's it's because of how we view our show. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. So for today's topic, you, you and I were kind of talking back and forth last night and you had an interesting way to, to kind of frame this jargon heavy topic.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so I think that when you're talking about definitions of democracy and Republican, there's a lot of different versions of, of those two terms and how they get in, how they get conceptualized and then implemented in country, in different nations, governments, uh, and we, so I wanted to come up with a way that presents this information in a little bit more of a fun way. So okay. we kind of came up with a game. I don't know if you call it a game, but it's. <laughs> I, it's more, I think it's more of a. It's a kind of an, it's an interesting exercise. Okay. And how I want to frame this is that you and I are mm-hmm. you know hypothetically we were, um, were political experts. Right. And we well hypothetically <laughs> we were brought we were just kidding <laughs> I'm just kidding we were uh, so we were approached by a new newly formed government. Okay. They want us to help, they want us to help set up and guide their new, guide their new government right. in terms of its structure. Right. And the, all they've said is that they want a democracy. Mm, okay. So we're going to go through and talk about the, the merits and the different types of democracy, like different forms of democracy okay, yeah. that you see around the world, and then maybe try to come up with what we think maybe... Um, is is the kind of a good combination in a middle ground because there's, okay. these are all like ideal types, right, and there's right. really not one government that has this entire characteristics of only one of these definitions. So right. getting into the nuance of that a little bit, I think it's kind of a fun exercise to do.
0: Okay, yeah. And um, when we talk about the different types of democracies, I have current examples um, that kind of exemplify what term we're discussing. Oh, it's perfect. Um, and I think that when we do, when we get to those points and when we do bring those up, I hope that listeners understand that it, it is more nuanced than that so for an example um I, I won't get there but I have an example that's specific and it's not that government is not just defined by that one form mm-hmm. but we'll get more into that later
2: yeah so before we start this exercise I think it's important as we do with everything is to kind of give a historical a historical backdrop of where democracy has come from and kind of how long it's been around and you I, you and I had to talking about it it's like man it's been around for a long time.
0: The Just the idea, it's so old. Uh, the term of democracy first pops up in the 5th century, you know, referring to the government in Athens in Greece.
2: Mm-hmm. That's insane. That that's is. so
0: <laughs> old.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if you think of, yeah, I really think about that. Yeah. That's what? Almost, that's what, Too 1600, long. <laughs> 1600 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: crazy. And, you know, here we are today, still, still. D- defining it and discussing it and using it
2: no 2600 years ago <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> i can't do math that's okay. we were history majors that's why we're <laughs> focusing on the history but isn't that insane that's so crazy i love that though it's still just again a tool that we use today and we we we're debating on what are the best forms of this to use and it's all stemming from this era that's crazy
2: it really is <laughs> um and i think that Another, I just uh, to clean up a kind of a, mis- a clean up a misconception I, yeah. s- I see a lot is that republics and de- republics and democracies are like are different. Yes, in that they then they are different. Yeah, in important ways. But there is this conception out there that republics and democracies, like a republic, isn't a democracy. Right. And it's that's, either or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's the misconception. And, I think. And, and and I want to point out that that's not true a republic is a form of a broad like so democracy like that's a broad term right and there's a lot of difference between that there are there are direct democracies and we'll we'll get into all this but i just want to just for our listeners to keep this in mind as we go through this to remember that a republic even though there is kind of a common misconception out there that Mm -hmm. uh, you know the united states is a republic it's not a democracy well okay a republic fits within the broad umbrella of a, of right. what democracy is. Right. And we'll
0: get to that. Mm-hmm. So three types of democracy. Yes. Direct democracy, mm-hmm. representative democracy, and constitutional democracy.
2: So there's one thing that kind of unifies all types of democracy. Mm-hmm. And this is why, definitionally, republic does fall within that umbrella. Just before we get into the, the different different types of democracy. Yeah. But is, is that... A democracy is defined simply as people, the citizens of a nation, right. have the ability to participate in the government process. Yeah. And in that can take different forms and different systems, but at the base level, people have the ability to participate. Yeah. So absolutely. and that's why we're a republic, because even though it's not direct people aren't directly voting for legislation, like, you know, legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know bills mm-hmm. they they are still participating in the election of the people who do that right and so it does fall within that broad umbrella of of democracy I just wanted to throw that out there yeah great to point. help to help clear that
0: absolutely out. okay so to get to your exercise yes. that you proposed let's think about advising this new government as we go through these three forms of democracy okay and these are these are suggestions or ideas that we're going to need to bring forth to, these leaders, or are they leaders? Does that matter? We'll find out when we discuss the well, public. Oh, I like
2: that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so direct democracy, mm-hmm. um, also known as pure democracy. Um, de- direct democracy is democracy <laughs> as its most basic form, which is kind of what you were saying, the the participant of, of the citizens and the people Um, making decisions Mm -hmm. citizens are directly involved in that political process Um, so you know we we i don't know those who have i've learned this in elementary school but you learn about ancient greece and how there was that direct democracy Mm -hmm. and and everybody had a voice and everybody had a vote well when i say everybody i mean like men (laughs) no no women and no slaves were allowed to to participate in this in this democracy and voting um and participation in 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 the political process so um what i found was interesting while reading through this is i think because it's it's so tied to ancient greece that you think of that specific form Mm -hmm. being ancient yeah but in the research i found the that there is kind of a a more current form of this direct democracy oh yeah where this is in switzerland
2: switzerland okay A country of
0: roughly 8.2 million people. So if this is direct democracy and it's directly tied one person, one vote, mm -hmm. one person, one voice, how does that work with 8.2 million people?
2: It'd be pretty difficult. Right. I I think it would make for what I wonder if that would make for a slow process. Right.
0: Well, so every citizen over the age of 18 weighs in on how the country should be run because votes are so important. They're held four times a year. um, As, and scheduled decades in advance. Okay. So um, so one theme that you'll you'll constantly see throughout these different forms of democracy is everything's a little bit modified mm-hmm. because of that one person, one vote with 8.2 million people. Yeah. Seems a little hard to, to manage. For sure. Um, so today, Switzerland practices a modified form of direct democracy um, under... So any law enacted by the nation's elected legislative branch can be vetoed by a vote of the general public. Okay. So um, additionally, uh, citizens can vote to require the national legislator to consider amendments to the Swiss constitution.
2: The national legislature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is really interesting.
0: So, I, don't, I don't know. I just think that's so cool that they, they're having this continuous like vote. Mm-hmm and and constantly checking in with the people and having their voice be heard.
2: Yeah. And 8.2 million for a yes for a democracy is a lot of people, but put it in context of like say the United States yeah. of 300 something million people, mm-hmm. um, I think that the, the the problems with direct democracy could be extremely amplified. Yeah. So um I have a list
0: of pros and cons. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I, I was thinking
2: that for my exercise yeah. I, I feel like we let's take what we like and or what we think we should yeah um what we what what we like to think about incorporating from these and then you know where where are the pitfalls and maybe how we can address this down the road of how to maybe incorporate some direct democracy components into a new government
0: right so three pros okay that i have or that could be made Mm -hmm. um full government transparency okay without a doubt, no other form of democracy ensures a greater degree of openness and transparency between the people and government. And with that continuous check,
2: it's because people are, are always like more directly responsible. Okay. Right. right. All right. I get that.
0: Um, more government accountability, which kind of goes with that, with that transparency. And what's interesting is that this, this last argument is made on, on both ends as a pro and as a con, but, um, or potential con but mm-hmm. not con but you'll see yeah <laughs> greater citizen cooperation the idea is that if, if you're directly affecting your day-to-day life or or the laws then you're going to participate more
2: sure and i think that's important because yeah. i think we find here we constantly in the united states are dealing with voter apathy mm-hmm. we talk about this on our voting rights um, our voting rules and rights um episode and is that in the united states consistently has poor voter turnout so i think maybe if we incorporated something that allows for more few people feel like they have more skin in the game Mm -hmm. they'd be more willing to participate right it'd be interesting to to do a side research on this to see what um switzerland's voter turnout is compared to the united states that'd be awesome Um,
0: but exactly on that point one of the three cons to direct democracy is public involvement would drop so the argument is that those that participate would be best served by participating. And those that didn't, wouldn't... You know what I mean? So okay. by, tar- oh, by participating, I, you have okay. a say. But if you if you choose not to, or there's a reason that you didn't participate, now you're being affected by other people's choices.
2: Mm, that's really interesting, because I think, for me, I think intuitively you would think that you give people more... Um, uh, you give people more agency, they, yeah. would, they would be more willing to be par- participants. Right. But as... This is your research is finding out that, that actually may not be the case, right? which is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So another con is the inability to de- to decide if you okay. have 8.2 million people. And, and especially, I mean, I obviously this isn't the case in Switzerland, but to to the foundational definition of direct democracy, you know, what if what if the requirement is a consensus
2: and you got to get 51 <laughs> yeah, percent? Yeah, right. So or, or consensus would be, yeah, you'd have unanimous yeah, decisions, yeah, you're not going to reach that in eight point eight point two million people right, right with different interests in ancient
0: in ancient Greece, when it's only men and a small country of politicians making these decisions mm-hmm. that generally that could, from the elite class, yes. to have similar interests right. Yeah. that could be more possible, but mm-hmm. not 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 today, yeah, and to kind of go hand in hand with that is like the third con is is constantly having to deal with one major issue after another and that being response like the 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 citizens being held responsible to decide on those mm-hmm. so what are the chances that everyone will happily agree with with everything or every decision or at least peacefully accept those decisions on major issues mm-hmm. so i mean as recent history shows that doesn't really
2: yeah. And I think that's probably going to be a theme that we see throughout yeah. all different types of democracies yeah. is that you have winners and losers. Ultimately politics is a game yeah, of absolutely. winners and losers. And there are people who, who win and lose. And I think different systems can deal with compensating the, the quote losers mm-hmm. in any particular, you know, legislative process or any particular tax code. Like there's going to be certain, um, governments that are set up to, to, to handle that better or differently. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that's some, something also to keep in mind as we go through this is to keep remember how how power and interests winners and losers are always part of this political consideration. Right.
0: So far we've defined democracy, we looked at its history and we weighed the pros and cons of a direct democracy. So far, we've defined democracy, we looked at its history, and we weighed the pros and cons of a direct democracy for our political exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, When we come back, we're going to continue to look at different forms of democracies and their pros and cons. We're going to discuss a republic and republics, different forms, um, and consider how we would advise a country for our exercise. But right now, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. You are listening to To The Republic. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. We'll be right back.
1: KXRW would like to thank our friends at New Vansterdam for supporting our radio community. New Vansterdam is the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. They carry a variety of cannabis products ranging from pre-rolls, vape cartridges, and edibles to CBD topicals, oils, and tinctures. New Vansterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m., 365 days a year. More information available at newvansterdam.com. That's newvansterdam.com. Community radio like this is brought to you by the generous support by our founding sponsors at Adco Commercial Printing and Graphics, Clark County's local print shop since 1993. Adco features stationery, posters, flyers, tickets, business cards, stickers, catalogs, and much more. Print on anything and mail anywhere. Learn more at adco1.com. That's A D C O, the number
0: one.com. Welcome back to To the Republic. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. In the last segment, we introduced an exercise for this episode where Jake and I are looking to advise a new nation on how they should construct their government. By defining different types of democracies and republics, we're going to continue to weigh the pros and cons and consider how we would advise that new country. Perfect. So we talked about direct democracies in the last segment, and we're going to continue with the different types of democracies uh, with representative democracy and then constitutional democracy. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: So I'll you took the direct democracy and I'll I'll kind of outline representative democracies, yeah. Which I think people in the United States are probably a little bit more in tuned with, even right. if you don't really know the definition of it. The system that we live in, and it's uh, so it's it's a, a representative democracy. It's basically it's instead of having dr- direct participation yeah. in terms of voting for specific rules, laws, anything that the government does. Mm-hmm. Uh, representative democracy is that we elect. The, the people elect certain individuals to carry out the people's will. Right. And that can, that can, uh, in different styles of represent, there's all sorts of styles of representative democracy in today's nation state system. Representative democracies are by far the most, um, common. Mm -hmm. And you see them in presidential systems like the United States, parliamentary systems like the UK and Mm -hmm. India. Interesting enough, like a tidbit is India is the largest democracy in the world. Oh, which is interesting That is because it has such a high population and it's a democracy, but it's definitely not the oldest. The United States is actually the oldest form of this type of democracy. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, uh, it, it's, definitely interesting to kind of break down the comparativeness of like a parliamentary system and a presidential system we don't have to get too far into the weeds in that but just just to keep in mind with a representative democracy is that we elect the key features that we elect officials and some of the pros to that would be it streamlines the process so we were were talking about uh the issues with direct democracies that can be slow it can Mm -hmm. be prodding especially like how do you develop the rules? Like, is it consensus? Or is it simple majority, like a 51% uh, to, to pass something? Um, and then how does that determine winners and losers? Well, within a, within a representative system, you kind of try to streamline that process a little bit. Right. And then the voting rules within different uh, legislatures, I and mean, generally, all of these decision making processes happen within a legislature. So like in a presidential system, like the United States, you know, we have a bicameral system, we have a house of representatives, and there's different rules of figuring out proportionality right in the house of representatives we have direct we have um, uh, proportional representation and then in the um, senate we have equal representation In something like a parliamentary system like the uk which is defined as a westminster um, democracy or westminster system you know where it's only one party has voting only have one party has voting rights mm-hmm. so then you have you know the with with representative democracies, you generally have the formation of political parties. And in the United States, any it doesn't matter what party you're from, you can you can vote for the legislature in a parliamentary system like the UK's. You can't direct; only the party that has the majority can actually vote on legislation. Oh wow! Which is in, which is interesting itself. It's just different ways that you know that these these systems end up getting set up, and they all have their pros and cons. Right. Um, a con is definitely is. You know the biggest problem is that in most cases representative democracies aren't re- um, required by law to actually represent the will of their constituents right so you can you see this a lot with dissatisfaction in our government mm-hmm. we, we constantly hear people well they don't they're not actually supporting the will of the people which
0: can in turn just real quick a note is cause that voter apathy that we talked about mm-hmm, for sure if you're not feeling represented
2: mm-hmm um, they're not able to make their own decisions. People feel like they aren't able to make their own decisions for right. what's best for their lives. Um, instead of trusting, like you know, the the elite, and you, you you see that with the early on in the United States, the system where mm-hmm. the Senate wasn't directly elected by the people; it was elected by this by the state houses. Mm-hmm. So people even felt like they had early on. You could even argue that people felt like they had less. Um, they had less control over over decision making. Right and with the, with the enactment of the seventeenth amendment allowed for the direct election of, of senators, so you see you see this ebb and ebb and flow with with uh, with with that. Um, additionally, there's a problem with vocal minority in in uh, representative democracies, mm, mm-hmm. uh, like this. The term "squeaky wheel gets the grease," right? Right. Um, it means that the people who complain the loudest are often the ones who get the attention. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes uh, a few people who complain loudly within a, a small group of people end up. Influencing disproportionately right. how legislation is, is practiced. Mm-hmm. Now, you could argue that that was actually an intent intention of the of the founders mm-hmm. um, of our system is that they wanted minority opinions to at least have some sort of power, like, right. so that the majority doesn't dominate the minority. Mm-hmm. So, kind of getting back to that winners and losers and power structure, you can see how those considerations are definitely brought into the into the structure of any particular government.
0: Right. One quick note I want to make here um, as far as representative democracy is, you know, when you're when you're choosing and you're voting for a state representative or a senator or a president, Mm -hmm. it goes much deeper and further and closer to home than that. You can literally elect your county officials who have d- direct impacts on t- your day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Even oh, yeah. even those who are controlling or, or monitoring the ways that traffic lights are the time between traffic lights like that's all decided within this government institution and by your voting. Mm-hmm. So that voter apathy it can it can stem from, you know, feeling like your voice isn't being heard or represented by the people in the upper branches of the government but the further you go down you do have more say you do have more impact which at a foundational level that can work its way up if you make the changes at the local
2: level that's a great point um especially in the United States when yes, you know, we obviously. we have uh, <laughs> because we ha- we we elect we, not only as we have a federal government we have state governments yeah. and local governments and as as you mentioned we we get to elect people from all levels of that system yes. even including our executive which comparatively to a parliamentary system uh, the prime minister who is the head of government mm-hmm. is actually elected from members of parliament so you only vote for your parla- your your parliamentary member mm-hmm. who then if you have the dominant party they elect a prime minister from amongst themselves, right right So once again, getting back into the, you know differences here, but it's just you know, in our our system is different. it works for us and their system it works works right, for them. Right. It's just it's an interesting point of analysis. Mm-hmm.
0: okay, so the next the next one is constitutional democracy mm-hmm. okay.
2: so I guess you kind of you're kind of wondering why how is this different? because right. this have to be exclusive from the other two right. And I don't I think this one kind of, is, is, it's almost a, in my opinion it's mm-hmm. more of a subcategory but in our research oh, okay. but in a, in a research in our research they do split them in yeah the three it's separate, in separately three separate categories yeah. but I think in practice there's a lot of democracies that use that have constitutions
0: right mm-hmm. so in our exercise of advising another country you know it's it's hard for us I think in a sense to to look at these three different democracies um separately because I think When you look at the United States, we incorporate all three Mm -hmm. in different forms. Um, And I think that that naturally influences our our perspective. But if we're going to advise this government, do we choose all three? Because Mm -hmm. we know out of familiarity that that's what works for us. Or are we choosing two out of three? You know what I mean. Yeah. So so that's why I think looking at it broken up for this exercise makes sense. Mm-hmm. If we're going to approach advising a new a new state on the form of democracy or republic to to look at this separately and then advise on that. But it's hard with the bias that we have, you know. It is. It, it, def- <laughs> it
2: definitely is the, a constitutional. So, getting to the constitutional yeah, yeah. democracy um, is characterized as having a structure in place that limits the power of, of the majority. Yeah. And I think we talked about this a little bit in the in the with representative democracies. I think mm-hmm. I just touched on it, but yeah. is that you're in you're not only are you ensuring through process, mm-hmm. but you are laying it out in codified terms, right. That we're not going to allow the majority mm-hmm. to to um completely dominate the minority. And I think you you see this especially in the United States with the the uh, the great compromise and when the Constitu- when our constitution mm-hmm. was ratified in 1787 is that how was the how was proportionality going to be determined? And I think with small states worrying that if you went with just population size that their interests would never be taken into account because the powerful right. would dominate. So I think you, you take that um, that principle and you you attach it to an actual document that limits the power and the right. scope of, of, of the government. That last
0: part that you hit on, I think, is very important. It is it is a document. It's a governing document mm-hmm. that regulates the power of those elected to the office. Yeah. And I think that's important. Um, the constitutional democracy also... It, it must uphold that constitution, the the document and the rules laid out by that mm-hmm. um, while still representing the people. And that yeah. that's the issue of, of this, this particular is like finding that balance. While it does lay out the structure of the government in a document, mm-hmm. it must also incorporate and include the voice and the will of its people.
2: Yes, that's that's. I think that's that's a really good point. Is that it has the federal government when in a constitution definitely has to take has to take two things into consideration, you know, upholding the constitution in the will of its people. So I really like I like that you pointed that out. Um, The benefit of a constitutional blocker is that it gives a country a set of principles to use as a guide for other decisions. Yes, Um, yes, it protects citizens by guaranteeing them a certain set of rights, Mm -hmm. like we see with our Bill of Rights. You know, Mm -hmm. the more. the words, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Uh, I, you know, I keep bringing up the UK yeah. and I'm sorry if it, this is getting in the weeds, <laughs> but like the UK doesn't have a codified constitution. Right. Right. They don't have a written actual written document. Mm-hmm. Everything that they do is by process. Mm-hmm. So th- our founders and why I think we think, we think of constitutions as incredibly important mm-hmm. in our context is because our system was so born out of a fear of, of a tyrannical government. Mm-hmm. We wanted everything we could do to limit, right. <laughs> uh, limit it. Uh, in, and that was the context of the t- of the time mm-hmm, with the revolution mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know revo- revolting from a from a monarchy but there are some con i mean there are some cons to it yeah so though it does set up and protect people you know and it protects people rights by having something that is you can always revert back to and say this is what the constitution says right, right. And, right uh but also it limits individual citizens ability to participate in government because the government also doesn't can't just focus on the will of the people it also has to take into The constitutionality of a particular decision. Yes, great. Um, So there's, you know, it sets out those legal parameters around what people can and can't Mm do. Uh, Additionally, constitutions are very hard to change, as we find out in the system. And
0: I think that could be viewed as either a pro or a con. Mm -hmm. The fact that they are hard to change, you know, there's an entire system and uh, process set up for the United States to amend a constitution that's very difficult or, or can be, can be complex. Mm-hmm. And then as we discussed in the first segment with Switzerland, you know, there's a form and a way for them to amend their constitution or for the people to, to advocate for a change mm-hmm. in the constitution. Again, it doesn't sound like it's as simple as just, you know, <laughs> whiting it out and then scribbling yeah. in a new rule. <laughs>
2: um, For sure. Uh, I mean, if you think, about how it's taken different amendments within the Constitution, which is, requires a, a two thirds votes uh, yes. within the within the Congress and the states. Mm-hmm. Think about how difficult that is, right. especially in a time of, of, of high polarity that we have. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's taken the, the ratification of the Thirteenth Amendment to give African Americans right. equal rights and the passing of the nineteenth amendment to get the women the right to vote. So it's um, you can definitely see how it can definitely slow down the wheels of, of change. But are they but still is it important God guide rails? And I think, you know, trying to find that balance is, is isn't, is important when you're talking about trying to govern 300 million people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. Okay. So that's, that's the three of them. I mean, quickly. Yeah. (laughs) And again, like I said, at the beginning of the show, it's far more nuanced than we're even trying to describe in this whole thing. Um, So in our advice, in our advising this new country, do we choose one? Do we have to choose one? can a country be more than one type of democracy
2: that's a really that's really important and something yeah. to keep in mind as you're listening to this is what do you like from certain situations what what don't you like right and, and just kind of uh, think about it in your own context Absolutely. what is what is the United how does the United States try to employ the principles that we've brought up protecting rights the const, but also upholding the Constitution how to protect minority um, minority opinions, mm-hmm. how to, but without completely limiting, ma- you know, the majority, the will of the majority of the people. Right. How do you, how do you play off, how do you play off of these, mm-hmm. these things? Uh, how do you compensate winners and losers? Think, think about those things as you're contemplating what you do and don't like within each of these three broad categories right. of, of of governance, and to kind of consider do these governments throughout the different types of democracies that are out there and in, in each and in each country is unique in its own way mm-hmm. you know how are how are they going about doing that and what works right. for them in their culture and everything like that so
0: and and we you know this all stems from uh, an episode of our podcast that that we we discussed this also um, but one point that I think that we made there that I would like to make here is that it isn't it isn't black or white and what we what we do see in our democracy in the united states but others around the world is elements of each of these three democracies are used to navigate a state through its day to day and mm-hmm. through its politics and through its government so when when people when people argue or say we either are a democracy or we aren't I don't think it's that simple. I Obviously, um, you look at the different types of democracy that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're going to continue to, to discuss democracies, but also this argument of whether we are simply a democracy or a republic. Yeah. And how, as we've seen with democracy, the different types inner, interchange and interplay in our system, but also around the world in other systems. And I think when you when we get to the republic and democracy debate, you'll also see that those kind of work together as mm-hmm, well.
2: Definitely. And I think it also helps inform a country's val like helps inform our, our, our country's values, like mm-hmm. in how they choose to uphold certain aspects absolutely of, of the of these of this broader debate. So
0: And on that point, I think what you were saying and what you're meaning and what I'm interpreting is like the value of your citizen's voice. Because mm-hmm. there are some countries who do not allow that. Yeah. And for a democracy to be instilled in a country, there's obviously or inherently a value on a citizen's voice. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, so with that, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. You are listening to To The Republic. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. We'll be right back.
3: KXRW would like to thank our friends at New Vansterdam for supporting our radio community. New Vansterdam is the premier cannabis market in the Vancouver area. They carry a variety of cannabis products ranging from pre-rolls, vape cartridges, and edibles to CBD topicals, oils, and tinctures. New Amsterdam is located in the Heights Shopping Center on the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen Road. Open 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. 365 days a year. More information available at newvamsterdam.com. That's newvamsterdam.com. Carpet City of Vancouver is a local flooring business and family-owned for 44 years. Flooring options include carpet, hardwood, laminate, tile, stone, and countertops. Carpet City of Vancouver is more than just a flooring specialty store. There are experts trained in flooring and design for kitchens, living rooms, bedrooms, and bathrooms. Carpet City of Vancouver can help you find the floor for the way you want to live. More information available at www.carpetcityofvancouver.com.
0: Welcome back to To The Republic. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. In the last segment, we discussed the different forms of democracies used throughout history and around the world to inform Jake and I in this little mock exercise that we're doing uh, of advising a new state on establishing a government. In this last segment, we're going to define a republic, its history, and examples throughout history. Mm-hmm. So, what is a republic?
2: Well, a, a republic—I guess—how is how is a republic you know different from democracy? Like, right. Um, the answer is pretty complicated. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: and 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 even 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 looking through our research the the verbiage is going to sound so familiar to to our definitions of democracies. Mm-hmm. In modern English a republic is a government system where the power rests with the nation's citizens. But I think that the points of a republic that that stand out and have stood out in our previous discussions of this is the power does rest with the people. But it's exercised through a representative government, and it has an elected head of state. Mm-hmm. I think that is an important point. Yes. We mentioned it a be- at the beginning a little bit um, when you were talking about naturally the state we're working for and advising for would have a head of state. But if it's not a republic, then maybe it doesn't, and that's why Mm-hmm. We're talking about that so specifically now
2: definitely and there's there are um there are countries like France that have um, heads of state and heads of government that are different people right um like the head of government is a head of the legislature, but there's an elected president mostly has to do with practice, right because okay. that's how I kind of that's how I kind of see it is that you have um, democracy democracies give power to the people to be representatives but the the sole assumption of a republic is that people are innately given that like inherently have that power through the system.
0: Mm, Okay. Okay. So with that said, um, let's look at some different types of republics that are out there today.
2: Yeah. So there's kind of along the lines of what we've seen, Mm -hmm with democracies is that i think a lot of the same kind of principles apply so right. like there's con- there's a constitutional republic now mm-hmm. um, it's government limited by laws established by a formal constitution mm-hmm. um generally secular in nature additionally the government is run by elected officials so yep. i mean it's kind of a lot of the same a lot of the same kind of uh as I said, principles. Yeah. Some examples would be like, would be India and um, South Africa mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how they, um, they have an established constitution, but they have like a parliamentary system, but they, I mean, but they do have an elected official like um, who is it's Modi. Currently it's a parliamentary Republic mm-hmm. uh, uses a parliamentary form of government. It's the head of state runs an executive branch, of uh, the government and the head of parliament runs of legislatures. Generally within this type of parliamentary Republic, uh, the head of government is appointed by the, by the president. And then there's presidential Republics, right. Which uh, allows citizens to elect the president to serve the country's head of state. And however, in a presidential Republic, the president also serves as the head of government. So it's yeah. one, one entity. Right. So kind of like the United States, yes. where it's um, the head of, the head of government and the head of the head of state. Right. It's interesting to note that like, the UK because it's it's monarchy is technically the head of state. Yes, it's not doesn't fall under the the definition of what a republic mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So um, anything that has like any sort of resemblance to a mo- like to a formal monarchy that mm-hmm. still kind of upholds that quasi system is going to be more of a, like a democracy right. as we see in, in the UK versus um, something like in the United States or France that doesn't have a monarchy, like mm-hmm. doesn't have any sort of semblance of a monarchy anymore.
0: I think it's interesting here to note that the, the examples that are included of a presidential Republic are Brazil, Mexico and Indonesia. And I think that's important because um, just even for me reading that Mexico is a presidential Republic and not identical to, to the way that we operate. It's like, I think that's a a misconception sometimes when you're looking at the, the, the politics and and the way that we operate with other nations, you just assume that yes, while yes, they're all falling under this idea of democracy and Republic, they're not identical to us and they've chosen what works best for them. Mm -hmm. And in this case for Mexico or Brazil, or Indonesia, it's a presidential republic and the other examples mentioned before.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a really good that's a really good point. Um, there's uh, there's some several other, um, I think, less common types of republics. Oh, absolutely. We just We can just list them a uh, mm-hmm. federal republic. Uh, it's defined as republics as our cu- countries that are actually a union of states. hmm. Uh, all of which operate on a republican form of government. So okay. you you see that with the United States, yes. right, or Germany, which they call their states Länder. United States, we we call them states. Mm-hmm. So it, it's uh, it's interesting how you know how that works across borders too. And right, um, in order to qualify as a federal republic, uh, states have to have independence to us to an extent. Right, to make their own laws and mm-hmm. decisions, as long mm-hmm. as those laws don't conflict with the ones established by the entire country. That's so so interesting. So we see like with our federalism, yeah. Right, we. Uh, state the federal government sets the, the minimum mm-hmm. and then the states can restrict from there. They just can't be loose, more loose than what the federal restrictions right. are. Um, and it's it's interesting how like that whole we we've studied this looking specifically at the United States and how that process has come about. And you know, it's been through a lot of court cases. Right. Been through like a civil war uh, establishing the states' rights versus federal rights. Mm-hmm. This, this wasn't something that just was written down and all of a sudden it became um, it became that way, right? It, it, this does take a long time to flesh out.
0: Even like, even today, it's still debated constantly oh, on, on sure. different on different yeah. topics. But you're still seeing that debate in this federal republic of states' rights versus mm-hmm. federal rights. Yeah, definitely. And some examples listed here are United States, Germany, and Switzerland. So okay. very similar. Mm-hmm. Theocratic republic is the next one. In this case, religious texts become the backbone of a nation's governing structure and are often drafted into religious governing constitution. Okay. So the constitution, I'm, I'm assuming what that's saying there is there is a constitution, but that's founded or stemmed from a religious text. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. No,
2: that, yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. That means that additional laws and policies developed by the government must also be in line with that religious law. That's interesting. Because, like you said, you know, um, other other states use their constitution and they're generally more secular, mm-hmm. where this is the opposite, and it's founded in the religious law and stemming from that. Uh huh. That's crazy. That's yeah. awesome.
2: No, it is. It that it is interesting
0: because it, this is an entire nations. These are entire nations that mm-hmm. are doing that. Yeah, that's that's so interesting.
2: Yeah, I think the the kind of the the modern theocracies that we see today mm-hmm. are the the main one that comes up is Iran, right? right where the throughout um, throughout throughout time there has been you know with in the Muslim especially in the Muslim world caliphates mm-hmm. where the religious text the Quran is becomes that that central defining document right. of of how the government is structured so hmm. uh it's it's interesting i um, not making a negative or no, positive gosh, judgment no. about that it's yeah. just it's it's interesting how all of this plays out all it's, of it it's it's fun to it's fun to compare
0: and on the international world with every country operating with different forms of democracies and republics how just this this constant there's constant communication between them and trying to find a balance in this international world i think is so interesting um, because it all stems from different ideas and ideals.
2: No, I, I think I I think that, and I think if you get to this question, is more than one co- a country can be more than one type of democracy. Right? Can it also be one more than one type of republic? Right? Um, Iran is. We just brought up Iran. It's mm-hmm. a theocracy. Right. But it also has a parliament, and it has an elected president. Right. So is it a pre- is it a presidential republic? Is it a parliamentary right. republic? Is it exactly. A the- is it a theocratic republic? Mm-hmm these I mean it's it, 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 it does all of these countries exhibit different characteristics uh of all these different definitions right
0: so in our in our quest to answer the questions of uh and advising this country do we choose one or do we choose multiple you know it, it's interesting because you're looking at all of these republics and how they all stem from different things one being constitutional one being parliamentary mm-hmm. presidential theocratic etc yeah but like you said when you look at different nations they're 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 just combinations of these that have they've found their ways but then again they're separate in this definition just like just like the democracy thing i just think it's so interesting how how every every nation state has found their own way so thinking about this exercise and being the advisors to that Mm -hmm. without trial and error how do you know what
2: works exactly exactly and, and are you biased to what, and you brought this up yeah, earlier, and yeah. are you biased to the system you grew up in? Exactly. I think, I think growing up in the American system, we, we become, we, we take this kind of normative look that it's, we're the, the our system is the best system. Right. Whereas the system has a lot to do with, um, you know, its cultural influences yes. and what works for different types of people. Right. So what, what works for the United States, it's not going to work for India. It's not right. going to work for um, other places. There's, right. there's been a lot of, there's also been a lot of borrowing and copycatting over yes. the, over the time. Like a, a lot of the United States was was uh, were, were influenced by ideologies from France about mm-hmm. republicanism mm-hmm. and democracy in general. And if you look throughout central uh, Central and South America, there's a lot of presidential systems. If you, if you break, the, I looked at a map that broke down where republics are, like where presidential systems, where parliamentary systems oh, wow. are. And it's kind of it's it's interesting. Like almost the entire Western Hemisphere. The entire, the Americas, almost all president, anything that's a democracy is pretty much all presidential systems. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because that's, a, you could say that's a, that's American, inf- that's, you know, there's a lot of American, okay. influence, American influence there. Right. Um, but then there's, but then you look in, um, in Europe, and there's all sorts of different, uh, all sorts of different forms of, of republics or democracies, mm-hmm. um, parliamentary systems, presidential systems. It's interesting, like India, which was a formal colony of the United, of the United Kingdom adopted almost identical styles of government um mm. to the uk right right so it, it, it i don't know it's it's just it's an interesting thing to look at right anyway. i think
0: what your point is is that it's not you know i did mention that you you're discovering what you become through trial and error which in some cases you do especially when you're arguing like mm-hmm. we talked about with um with uh, federal republic and and the the freedom of states and, and et cetera. but also you know it may be it's not just trial and error there's there's influence there yeah from other places mm-hmm. so when looking at how we advise this new country for this this mock exercise or or my thoughts on it there's so much to consider as we've seen with our examples it can be influenced by religious beliefs mm-hmm. by other countries by location and population i don't i don't think that in this mock exercise there's a simple black and white answer no there's not but i think that demonstrates how intertwined and how complex both democracies and republics can be yeah Um, So I think naturally we need to look at the question or the argument that democracies and republics are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. So this all stems from, you know, like I said at the beginning of the episode, arguments we've seen being made either in person or online that, you know, in particularly the United States, it's either we are a democracy or we are a republic. But I think at this point, I think the answer is that we're a little bit of both and and Mm -hmm. intertwined and i think with these definitions how how are they defined separately but also working together and i think the definition here is that a republic is a form of government whereas a democracy is an ideology that helps shape how that government
2: is run that's a really good point i think you definitely see that played through our definitions right i think i think that right. that statement is definitely inherent in our definitional differences between the different between the republics and democracies that we talked about
0: so we, we talk about we've used the term umbrella or encompassing so you have this this republic being the form of government where the power rests with its citizens uses representational government and has an elected head of state but how is that all done it's or 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 what helps push through that system or, or navigate through that system is that ideology of democracy where it's all founded on on, on some form of the people having a voice in mm-hmm. how this, this works.
2: Yes. So they have, they're, have protection under the law mm-hmm. and that's upheld by an ideology of democracy. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to analyze that is to look at something that, um, look at a government system that, is technically a republic right but isn't democratic right and the thing that comes to mind my mind is is russia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the window dressing for russia is that they are a republic right and so you know they have an election right they elect a, a president who's the head of state mm-hmm. I mean characteristics of a republic as we talked about yes but that government doesn't uphold citizen participation yes um they often suppress uh Free speech mm-hmm. and other inherent other inherent rights that a democratic ideology a government that upholds a democratic ideology right. which values citizen participation mm-hmm. wouldn't practice and right so you can say that um even though by def- by structure russia is a republic mm-hmm. but it doesn't it, it lacks that necessary ideology of being a democratic government right that it's uh um, so you would say that it's not a demo- it's not a democracy. No, gosh, no. Yeah.
0: So I think the next question is, you know, th- that that f- is the foundation of this whole conversation is mm-hmm. what is the United States? What where do we fall as far as democracy and republic? And I think that the answer is the United States is both a democracy and a republic. Mm-hmm. It's a democratic republic. Yeah. I don't think again it's mutually exclusive. It's not either or. They were it was designed to be. Work together and to include both of those things, foundationally,
2: for sure. And I think that through different documents, especially around the founding of our of founding of the United States, right, the Federalist Papers, yes, make so glad clear you that clear up. reference that they they envisioned a republic that that is that answers to the will of the people. Yeah,
0: I think you had a great point earlier when you were talking about this this concern or fear of. Of complete government control or a monarchy that mm-hmm. they that these these people were coming from initially yeah. or historically the family members had had lived under mm-hmm. so the design or the construction of this new country was to avoid that and giving a voice to the people in some form
2: it was a fear of authoritarianism yes there you but go. there was also a fear of the whims of the masses So yes. I, I, they they didn't want a direct democracy either. Um, to quote Hamilton, because it would bring instability, injustice, and confusion. Right. Um, So the Constitution outlines a system of government that allows people to fairly vote Mm -hmm. on their representatives, and then those representatives make laws in accordance to the will of the people. Mm -hmm. So there's America's way of trying to find that balance of understanding that power is derived from the people, but also understanding that if you don't have some structure of government, it's incredibly difficult to get those people to work together right and to come to and to come to reasonable reasonable under reasonable process and and um actually looking out for the whole of society instead Mm -hmm. of the majority Mm
0: -hmm. and and we mentioned this earlier and 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 this is this was foundational but we see you know a representative government um a a representative democracy people are voting for their um representatives Mm -hmm. in the federal level but the United States also has a head of state that is elected and that is one of the qualities or one of the conditions of being a republic also mm-hmm. so it's it's this it's this combination of of having a voice but also choosing someone to represent you but also now having a head of state that has been elected
2: yeah definitely and but we also have that ideology inherent mm-hmm. with you know the Bill of Rights and yes. making sure that the government upholds civil liberties and for upholds its citizens. for its citizens. Right. So that has that, that democratic ethos mm-hmm. that um, helps keep it a republic. Right. But on the other on the flip side, we have a we have a responsibility as those people to make sure we're electing representatives who do uphold those values. Right. And so we become the what we become part of this process. Inherently, because mm-hmm. we, we become the watchers of the watchers. We elect the people right. to watch over the government, but we also have to watch those people Yeah. Oh, absolutely. As, as voters.
0: So I think, you know, considering all that, the U.S. works as a combination of a constitutional, presidential, and a federal republic. Mm-hmm. But also, the United States, as far as a democracy, meets all four of the criteria to qualify as a democracy by having free and fair elections, citizen participation in government. It protects the citizens' rights, like you were saying, and it honors the rule of law. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not – it isn't black and white. It isn't simple. It's very nuanced, like we've said, and it's a combination of so many things. It's a combination of different definitions and forms of democracies. It's a combination of different definitions and forms of republics that, through time, we've seen kind of mesh and work together in a system that works for the United States mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what the future holds and who knows how that will evolve and change. And and like you said in the last segment, you know, think about and consider the parts of these democracies and these republics that work for you. And then I think it's important to note that maybe, one, you're considering the parts that you don't like, how maybe that might work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And because of those differences, it works for everybody.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of a political development non-governmental organization called Freedom House. Mm -hmm. And their sole job is to do, um, is, is democracy building, but they're very specific in their, in their, um, uh, in their values. And what they, and kind of their slogan is that we're not promote, we're promoting democracy, Mm -hmm. not American democracy, because what works for America, it isn't going to necessarily trans, you know, trans, uh, transfer across borders right. and understanding that there's principles about democracy, but how those principles are enshrined and how they work out and process mm-hmm. is all going to be, is all going to be very different based on culture and society and, right. and, and, different and just differences in, in people's opinions and their interests. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's important to keep that in mind when you're, you're thinking about different, different forms of government.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jake, um, that was fun. Initially, was. <laughs> I was terrified because you texted me last night. and You were like, "Let's do this exercise," and I was thought, "Oh my gosh, this is how are we going to do this?" But I think it was a great way to to approach this topic.
2: Yeah, and I think you'll notice that we didn't come up with an answer, right? And I, even though I posed it from the beginning that we were going to come up with a um, with a suggestion, right? I didn't. I never intended to actually come up with an answer, right. and that was purposeful because. Yeah there are really no answers. Mm -hmm. There can be any number of combinations of these things we talked about that work based on who, like whoever there's, there's a bunch of variables we don't know. Right. So therefore saying what is best or what we like is probably in itself going to be biased. Exactly. A hundred percent. But what I wanted to do, and since the focus of this show is to talk about us institutions and um, you know, our history, you know, us history Mm -hmm. and civics Mm -hmm. is that, you can't really understand this. It's it's really hard to understand the system you live in every single day. Yeah, unless you can take a step back, right. and look at it from afar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this exercise does is it allows you to not only look at your form of mm-hmm. government, but also looking at other forms of government right. comparatively, and so you can see how ours works in relations to others, and and understand its 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 faults, the the pros of it too. And so I, I that's that was more of the the reason why I did right. this exercise. I
0: appreciate that because well, if you've enjoyed this episode or have interest in other topics that we've talked about on to the Republic, please check out our past episodes at KXRW Vancouver.org or on our podcast feed. Our podcast is called say what you mean. It's a weekly show where we talk about current topics um, a little more opinionated than, than this show, mm-hmm. but um, it's a weekly show that you can check out. You are listening to, to the Republic. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. And remember to vote and stay informed.
1: Support for KXRW comes from David's Trains, buyer and collector of old toy trains, including Lionel, Flyer, Ives, and Marks. He is interested in old transportation-related toys as well as toy trains from the late 1800s to the 1960s. For appraisal, you can call him at 360-576-1602. That's 360-576-1602.
0: KXRW would like to thank Interstate Special Events for supporting our radio community. Interstate Special Events is a family-owned and operated business since 1983. They provide a customized inventory of rental items for the staging of social and corporate events in the greater Portland metropolitan area. You have enough to do in organizing. Let them do the setup and breakdown for your next event. Interstate Event Services located off of Northeast Lombard Place in Portland, Oregon. More information available at isevents.com. That's isevents.com.